Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 79 of Death Readers. This is the podcast where we read through books for the first time. Uh, on this episode of Death Readers, we're going to be reading through uh, Michael Crichton's The Lost World, the sequel to Jurassic Park. And we'll be reading through chapter clues through chapter trailer. Uh, whatever those page numbers are for you, those are the chapters we're reading through. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, thank you <laughs> for tuning in. Hey, what's up? Uh, probably, I would recommend starting with a first episode of a book, then the second or third, whatever this is. Um, but the way we read through these books, and we encourage you to read along with us, is we'll go through chapter by chapter, taking notes as we go along. So we're, we're trying to be like a companion piece to your reading experience. You read the same chapters that we read, you listen to us, and you go, oh yeah, that's interesting, I hadn't thought of that. Or, man, I really had thought about this a lot, and I'm not getting anything out of this show, but you f- listen to it anyway. And we appreciate that. <laughs> Did I miss anything? Do we have any housekeeping? No housekeeping I can think of. I wasn't tasked with looking anything up, right? No. I don't, I don't believe so. Did I miss anything from our normal uh, preamble? Our patter? Pre- more like a pre-ramble, am I right? Because <laughs> I'm just out of control. No. No, you didn't. All right, cool. Then let's jump right into the show. This is the fastest we'll have ever gotten into a show. <laughs> ever. Love it. There's no screwing around, no tangents, no detours. We're going, we're going right into it. All right, so let's get into chapter... Second configuration. Yes. Clues. That's right. Um, before I even got into it, I just had a premonition. I'm like, I'm not super excited to begin, but maybe I'll be wrong. Um, I feel like you weren't wrong. No, no. So my first couple of notes are kind of on that first page. Do you have anything on that first page? Um, let me find out what number the first page is. For me, it was page Kindle page 75. You take your time. No, I don't have anything on that first page. All right. So, right out of the gate. Unless Levine was living over the top of the Thorns workshop, why the hell did the kids accompany Thorne to the to the apartment? Oh, uh, because they were uh, they were expecting to find him so that they could go out on the, the yeah. field test of the equipment. Yeah. And so if the idea was if he was at his apartment, they could they would get him and go with him on their trip. Mm, that does hold up. Yeah. It's never stated, but that's the entire reason why they're with him at all. All right. But I'm not happy about it. That's fair. I'll move on. <laughs> um, Levine's bedroom. I did not care for the description of how neat everything was. It reminded me of that line from Silence of the Lambs of the elaborations of a bad liar. Mm. It was like, I'm just trying. So he's just in there like, uh, he's a, what was, uh, it, this helped again, establish the disconnect. I feel Michael Crichton has from this book. This is not at all like the, uh, the janky hotel room in the first book where there were cables everywhere. And that, you know, that literally had a lived in feel to it. Like he spent some time writing this and he has an idea of what it looked like. This just, Well, I think the idea is it's not supposed to feel lived in because he hasn't been there. I'm not saying, saying okay, I'm saying Michael Crichton's not lived in the book. Okay. In his head. Jurassic Park was realized and it was breathing, living, breathing organism of a book. And this book is leftovers. I mean, did did one of us have a good metaphor? (laughs) No, I didn't hear yours. 
Mine was leftovers. <laughs> That's probably better. Maybe. I'll probably just cut mine out. <laughs> uh, also, uh, there's that line about he could never live with a woman. And I'm like, why did they single that out? That was weird. Do you remember that? Who could never live with a woman? No, just not. Just I don't. I, I would never take pains to say it like that. You just live with somebody. That's how, that's how you would say that. That's how I've always would have said that. This is why he could never live with a woman. Does he live here? Kelly said she found it hard to believe. The apartment seemed so impersonal to her, almost inhuman. And her own apartment was such a mess all the time. Yeah, yeah he does, Thorne said, pocketing the key. It always looks like this. That's why he can never live with a woman. He can't stand to have anybody touch anything. See? This is weird. Well, it's a case of it's a case of the not gays. He, they're they're saying. I, I was wondering. So did you did you think that was no homo or is or is that just? I, yeah, I do. Okay. I think it was like saying just in case you wonder if his interest in Malcolm is sexual, it isn't. Because this guy is super neat. So this he's is the 90s super neat. And we're super Seinfeld fans. He's he's a little too neat, if you know what I mean. And he could never live with a woman, but it's not because of his orientation it's because he's a, a jerk yeah uh, so that's why i think that i think that is why that i mean who knows man i i it's I know, it certainly I, seems I, I, like that's why that line's in there stuff was just jumping out of me i was and then on page 78 i was a little disappointed levine didn't have a uh, red string connecting stuff on his crazy wall oh right didn't malcolm no in his office map. when they no, had that had they had map. that map oh, okay no. no nothing was even uh, highlighted there were no push pins on it even all right my next page notes uh kindle page 81 still in the apartment do you have anything for that yes okay uh it's just at the end though when they're reading that like the notes he had mm-hmm. um my my only note was at this point i hadn't read the rest of the chapters we were going to read and I noticed the part here where it says one of five deaths. And I was like, Oh, I remember that from the movie. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, the five deaths are the five islands and sure. it was, it was there. Uh, Cause I, yeah, I don't I, remember that at all. Oh, I definitely do. Cause the, the movie, maybe it's the third one, but I know that one of them, I thought, I thought it was the second one. They have this, like it starts with the kid and his stepdad doing like a boating trip or like some sort of a, they're like paragliding around these islands. And the guy says, you know, the boats won't take you any closer than this, senor. Uh, the, no, the fishermen won't get closer. And they go, he goes, why? He goes, these islands, they're the five deaths. They'll kill you. It's superstition. And he goes, oh, whatever. And then they go like paragliding and then presumably wrap like pterodons or pterodactyls rip them out of the sky and kill them or something. It's, it's not clear. Right. Um, but something awful happens, and I'm pretty sure that's the sequence. But it was one of those things where I was like, oh, cool. This is uh, this is something that goes into the movie. Neat. Cool. Um, my last note in this chapter is uh, Arby being self-assured when using a computer was the first bit of character building I liked in the book. And right. arguably the first bit of character building at all. Right. Like, I had a chip on my shoulder, okay? I know. All right. I'm just saying. We're just going to dip that chip in salsa and get festive. Okay, sure, yeah. Fiestive. Uh-huh. My last note in the chapter is just an overview of... I don't like reading about the kids. Oh. <laughs> in I, general. I, yeah. No. I dislike reading about them. Um, and then another recognition of like, oh yeah, uh, 
just remembering like I was like at this point I was like I'm pretty sure that the the site B island is called uh Isla Sorna. That's my memory and sure enough it I is. was right. Yep. And that's just because I've watched these movies too many times. Is that it for that chapter that's for you? That's it. Then let us go to the next chapter. Raptor. First note, no bite. How telling. No bite? Yeah, because remember the first chapter of the first book was Bite of the Raptor, or one of the first chapters? Oh, oh okay, yeah. And this, this entire book has no fucking bite. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got a lot of I, notes. I can... <laughs> Did you, did you have surgery to heal the chip on your shoulder, or was it something different? Uh, there were a lot of chips in my shoulder when I had surgery, and I'm sure not all of them were <laughs> repaired. Yeah. Repaired, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Ugh, thank you a lot. Now I'm gonna have ugh, PTSD moments <laughs> all night. Sorry, all I right. just like the idea of the, the doctors going in there to, to to fix your shoulder and going like, "Oh my god, can you see this?" <laughs> Another doctor says, yeah, I see it all the time. That's a lost world chip. There's no fixing that. This poor bastard. I, I went to Johns Hopkins and did, did six years of intensive surgical, uh, what do you call them, residency, uh, yeah. and I could never fix one of these. We'll have, to, we'll have to hope he learns to live with it. What are the chances he ever reads The Lost World ever again? You, you come out of surgery and, and, and you say to the doctor... Doc, will I ever learn to like the Lost World Jurassic Park again? <laughs> and he goes, could you like it before? And he went, and you go, no. And he goes, well, there you go. <laughs> and then he says, well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Page 82. Okay. This is a bit of a diatribe. Let's see if it holds up. All right. Let's see if I can read my handwriting too. Very interesting. Malcolm is being written as beleaguered and suffering fools. The only man speaking truth to the scientific community while dealing with the pompousness and arrogance of his colleagues. But it's coming off as incredibly arrogant himself. It's easier for me to see Michael Crichton, the climate change denier in these pages. Yeah. Like, because as I've said, he had a, he's really intelligent, had a huge scientific background. I'm sure got, I mean, he'd already had a huge career in Hollywood and, and what's the book world version of Hollywood library? Wood? Bookie wood, bookie wood, bookie wood. Right. So he had a huge career in Hollywood and bookie wood already. And then Jurassic park hit and just everybody was falling over themselves, fawning over him. And I'm sure it was super easy to stop thinking critically about stuff. Maybe. I mean, I, I imagine that like, yeah, I don't know, man. Oh, I'm not like, done. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Next note, same page. Scientific is in quotes, as if something to be mocked. What the fuck's going on, Michael Crichton? Who hurt you? Was it Carl Sagan? <laughs> did did like did like Contact get a better review in a scientific journal? And he was like, "Well, fuck them. They don't know real science." Well, I think I think that the scientific thing he's referencing is the fact that they're called dinosaura. Which is they're night they're not lizards is his argument. They're, so like calling them that is like it's based on not really scientific sure, method. Sure, sure, it's sure. based on conjecture. Sure, that's circumstantial. I'm saying the application of quotes to the word scientific at all is showing his contempt for anything he deems to not be scientific. It's showing him as the only arbiter of 
common sense and scientific thought. Well, yeah, but he could just be a representative of other, like, people who agree. He's a representative of Michael Crichton. Okay, but, like, you know, there's not that many other popular dinosaur fiction at the time. He created a scientific character that's a cool rock star character, and it took off, and he started associating himself with Malcolm. That's why Malcolm's become more of an asshole. I don't think he did. I think he created a weird, neurotic, uh, hyper-intelligent doomsayer, and then Steven Spielberg and Jeff Goldblum turned him into a rock star. Sure, but Michael Crichton's taking the mental credit for that. He's like, I did that. That's me. And that began Maybe. The, 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 the start of his, of his ego trip. He brought him back what, from the dead. Now he feels like God. Michael Crichton's lost you, his shit at this point. What you call uh, responsibility, I call uh, the springboard to the literal world. It's pretty good go blow. <laughs> Page 83 is my next note. Uh, okay, before you go there, oh. I, I, you, you mentioned this scientific quote. And that is a that's where my only note for this chapter comes from. Okay, and and it's because it's referencing uh, Richard Owen, the person who first described giant bones uh, and calling them <laughs> dinosauria. <sighs> God damn it! <laughs> he described giant bones. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what they are. They, <laughs> they the only evidence we them. have of dinosaurs are the remnants of their giant bones. <laughs> and right. sometimes sometimes small, usually small bones. They yep. talk about this in this book a lot, that not all dinosaurs were huge. They were often, you know, relatively small, right. uh, human size-ish. So anyway, um, but Richard Owen, the guy... It made me wonder if that's where they got the inspiration for the name of Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World, whose name is Owen. Oh, maybe. It's not a very insightful note. It was just just a it's, thing that occurred to I mean, me as I, I was I reading would, it. If, uh, I would call him Owens, but clearly... Uh, his first name is Owen. No, I know. I'm saying I would have called his last name Owen if that was the case, but Colin Trevorrow isn't known for making great decisions. Like what? directing Jurassic World oh did you see Jurassic World yeah you didn't like it it was okay it was okay yeah that's how I felt yeah I didn't I didn't need a T-Rex to turn invisible and then be also some sort of space T-Rex or whatever the fuck I didn't need somebody running in heels okay (laughs) that was was weird I I don't know what that was I, there's a handful of things I didn't like about that movie. I didn't like Vincent D'Onofrio being like, we got to make raptors into soldiers. And I was like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> like, the, you know, the thing about soldiers and the reason they're effective is because you could control them. Yeah. You can tell them what to do and they'll do it. You know what you can't do? Control raptors. I don't give a shit how many times. Well, it's not many... about control. It's about respect. Yeah, I don't care about that either because you can't, you can't communicate with them. You can't just like click a dog treat like trainer and then give them a, give them a snack. And then it just. Uh, you have to, you have to uh, put your other hand up first and then click with the other yeah. hand. it works it works it's it's a two-handed approach yeah spare the rod and spoil the raptor it's it's dumb is what i'm saying oh okay anyway and i didn't like that kid from the new girl who was like i'm a fan of the movie you didn't like spider-man no oh i thought that that character was dumb i didn't like it 
I don't remember it. I just remember that's one of the first places I saw him, and, and I remember him hitting on Lauren Lapkus and getting shot down, and I thought that was a good joke. I just didn't like the implication that this character represents fans of the original movie who are going to like have to get over that this movie is going to be different, which oftentimes means it's going to suck. I, I don't remember any of that. I just remember this guy looks like a good Spider-Man and he's part of a fun Lauren Lapkus joke. So I'm down for it. How could he look like a Spider-Man? He was just the voice. Hey, I can't answer this question for that. Sounds like something you have to explore. But I'm not the one who had the thought in the first place. So what's your note? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> here, just just, just uh, so you know, this is another uh, highlighted quote by lots of other people. Okay. Uh, that's not why I, I wrote it down, though. For Malcolm, the truest picture of life and the past incorporated the interplay of all aspects of life, the good and the bad, the strong and the weak. It was no good pretending anything else. <sighs> I mean, yeah, but fucking highlighting that's the equivalent, the scientific equivalent of going, uh, I don't read the reviews. I prefer to make my own opinion about the movie. It's, it's implying inherent... That's a reasonable thing to say about movies. <laughs> No, no, it's not. You can take other data in. You're, but you you're, don't, you're, but, you're but, not, but, not reading the review and making your own. You're not saying, I only make my mm. own opinion. You're saying, my opinion's the only important opinion, and everything else is stupid. I'm not even going to bother it. Like, Roger Ebert has some interesting things to say. I want to see what he has to say about a movie. Don't give me that. Sure, fair, uh, fair enough. I'm not going to read the review because I'm smart and better. Fair enough when it comes to Roger Ebert. Yeah. But, like... Oftentimes, the review is someone posting something on Facebook or Reddit. This, and this was said not... long before there was a Facebook or a Reddit. Right, but the other difference is that he's you're you're making an argument about science versus opinion. This is based entirely on the per, the perception of Malcolm that I've been having through these entire chapters, though. Right, he wouldn't even have brought this up, but he he sort of made this sort of straw man attitude of the guy making the raptor sculpture and extrapolated all this thing about he is a hippy dippy scientist who said dinosaurs no, no, are all dovey. I guess I guess I'm not disagreeing with your issue with that. I'm saying that your comparison to not reading reviews is is doesn't work. Oh no, it doesn't so work because 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 everyone who has these kind of arguments are idiots. Okay, but like the difference is that when it comes to something like a movie, again, if someone says I don't want to read reviews, it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it's because they think their opinion is the only one that matters. Yep, yep. It, it you're talking about art versus science. Sure, like well, no. not reading. Is that not what Malcolm's talking? Is that not what no, Malcolm's? I, it is, but that's not what I'm not talking about. The verses of the two subjects. I'm talking about the approach to them. The approach can be the exact same whether it's art or whether it's science. But it's, no, but the difference is when you're approaching science, you should be approaching it objectively. You should be open and looking at critical thinking. When it comes to art, you are allowed to say, I don't want anybody else's opinions to cloud my opinion or my perspective. And because that's part of the experience of art. Art I, is open to interpretation and, and, and therefore exclusive interpretation. You're right. No, you're right. Science isn't. Sure. But there's there's something in, and maybe I'm not articulating it well, but there's something in bringing it up. Like everyone knows that about science. It's it's just kind sure. of uh, presenting yourself as the apex of scientific thought when right. you're just doing the bare minimum. Yes, it's self-aggrandizement. Say yes. that. He, as we mentioned in the last episode, Crichton's doing a very good job of making Malcolm seem like an asshole. Yeah, but I think I th- again, I think it's Crichton. I think it's Crichton. My argument is it, this is Crichton. Uh, um, what's the opposite of vilify? <laughs> 
lionize. He's lionizing himself through Malcolm, is what I think's happening. Maybe. Uh, I think I'd have to see the rest of it. Sure, um, sure. Oh, I'm jumping all the fuck to conclusions. Don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, it's like it's like the thing that you noticed in the last book about like is my is Crichton being misogynist, and it turns out probably not. It, it was he was putting these situations in the book to to show these situations that happen to women and that they have to deal with all the time that sometimes men oftentimes are at the time i'm sure men don't see or didn't see or even now probably could have a hard time seeing Mm -hmm. and so you put him there to shock the viewer who doesn't see those things on a day-to-day to to go oh my god that happens did i do that to someone Have, have i been the bad guy here and i'm not entirely convinced yet that he isn't making malcolm a total prick on purpose no i think i'm not saying uh no i'm saying i don't think he's i'm not convinced he's not doing it uh by accident i'm losing my double negatives but like i don't think he's like accidentally bleeding himself into malcolm as a way of uh, lionizing himself i think if he is doing it it is subconscious um and I think it's probably more likely that because he's a, he is a good writer. It's probably likely that we're supposed to not like Malcolm okay. for some reason. And I don't know why yet. Sure. And maybe, and maybe that is the case and I will eat crow. Should that be so? However, I see it as similar, but different. I do think it's subconscious. I think he's uh, using Malcolm as his avatar to be the hero of the story. And that, and through that action, it's showing us what an asset Michael Crichton has become. So we I guess will continue to read and see what happens. We'll see which of us guess, is right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this would be the conclusive thing to, for that. Oh, no, this is a conclusive. If Malcolm's either. the hero by the end without going any significant character growth, uh, I'm right. True. True. If Malcolm doesn't go through any significant character growth, then it's not a good story. Yes, <laughs> like, but it also is indicative of Michael Crichton uh, becoming a sour person. Maybe. I don't, I'm, I, I'm not convinced of that. That's no, okay. We, even we, no, we have, a, we have an accord. So it's like a wager. Should we put some money on it? Uh, I don't know how you would determine <laughs> the outcome. I will let you know who's right. Oh, okay, that feels like a bad bet. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I'm safe in saying no to that. <laughs> All right, well, that's my notes for the chapter. Fine. Um, I think that in order to do that, we'd have to read more Crichton mm. uh, from around this time. Ugh. Like a like post-Jurassic... I, I have no idea uh, what else he's done. See, well, I read I, Jurassic Park and I liked it. Mm-hmm. And I remember liking the movie Westworld. And mm-hmm. then I read later books like Timeline and Lost World. And I heard about Congo and saw the movie. And so I didn't want to read Crichton anymore. But I've never read the pre-Jurassic Park stuff. And I'm still kind of... But needs, I've told so many bad Crichton experiences to good ones. I, I've never wanted to go read. Like, I don't know when Sphere came out. Was Sphere pre-Jurassic Park? Because that one sounds interesting. I don't know. I, I think the movie is... Post. Post. Yeah. Right. But there was a big Crichtonissance then. Right. And I never read Rising Sun, but I know Sean Connery was in it. Yeah, I don't know. You you know his, his work better than I do. Yeah. Okay. Um. So my... Yeah, that, that should then bring us to chapter... The Five Deaths. I just have an overview for this chapter. Oh, I've got some notes. <laughs> Further, furthering my point, Malcolm's lecture on uh, obsession and scientists 
They all try to be nerds. He's really running from his scientific past. I, he might he he Crichton, I believe. Oh, okay. This, this is because he brings up Brainer again, and 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 Malcolm's had no interaction with that word. The kids were called Brainer, and Malcolm separately is called Brainer. I'm like, I I believe Crichton was called Brainer, and it stuck with him like a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> And he's now trying to be like, no, 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 I'm the cool scientist, and all you nerdy scientists are nerds, and you suck, because I'm like the jock scientist, like Malcolm, because that took off in the movie, and, and I finally got the respect that I was due. Dr. Sanchez, do you see this? What? Oh, God. That's a brainer chip. Do you think he'll survive? No. He's just going to write a book that someone will later develop chips for. <laughs> oh, chips it's an endless chips. cycle. We could, we could just, we could, we could put it into it now, doctor. Slit his throat on the operating table. Dear God, man, that's murder. <laughs> I love this hospital, literary hospital. I love it. <laughs> I would watch that soap opera. <laughs> so, um, was it like, like... <laughs> Like, I don't know. Pass. I don't have a good okay. joke. Uh, an 87, 89. Uh, that felt like some techno babble bullshit on Arby's part. Which part? Uh, I could just reformat it. And it's a pri- it's a proprietary 32-bit format. Yeah, I don't. So if you're reading, if you're listening to the words that are said there, um, that's like saying this format is owned and operated by engine exclusively or the company that makes the computer that's what proprietary means right so why would this random kid be able to reformat that unless he was literally just pushing a button that said reformat right in which if that was the case why not just say oh look there's a reformat button i think he's trying to imply that this kid's super smart but it it, like that would be preternaturally smart like that would be unless he's trying this kid should be making the file to a to a like an excel or vice versa you know like a a vob to a mov kind of thing maybe but like you know those uh or, or like a text file to one of those like uh what do you call them there's a certain file type that it apparently is used regularly with uh, like closed captioning. I, I think I, I know what, what you're called. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's a way to, there's like a text file version you can export as a certain file type that you can add to editing software that will encode it as Right, you gotta reformat it using a proprietary 32-bit format. Right. Yeah. Unless, of course, that he's arguing that his 32-bit format is his own and that's what makes it proprietary. But then again, we get into a confusing, like, tenses. That... I don't think he could have written and compiled that on that ancient computer and had in like it on the a 10 minutes disc. while they were in the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't. And, and and assuming the architecture of this very specific graphing computer could have taken his. I sound really smart right now, but I'm not. I don't know if you do. You certainly don't now. Um, <laughs> fuck this. Any, any smart like cred you may have gained with this rapid speech conversation was thrown out the window. When you took credit for sounding smart. <laughs> yeah, because I had nothing else. And I'm like, uh, <sighs> abort. <laughs> it's it's like, it's a Gibson, man. Um, <laughs> I agree. It's, uh, it would have been, it would have been so much funnier if the kid had been like, oh, I just found his password. <laughs> it's God. <laughs> you know, the three most common passwords. <laughs> 
You hapless techno weenie. Yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, I, I okay. So what I do want to say though is that reformatting or recovering reformatted files is a thing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So like that 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 could happen. I just don't understand like it, the way they made it sound is like all the data and all the information and programs for doing that were already present on the computer, which seems wrong. Well, okay, but they were being recovered by Levine, so maybe he sure. put that program on the computer and let it run while he was going off on his trip. So maybe this kid's just saying, "Oh, look, this is a recovered file using this kind of process." And that was and already I can just printed out the too. So he, right? So okay, they, so there, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that sure. sure makes sense. It was the, it was more the right. reformatting that I was I was calling BS on. Why? Now it, I'm confused. It sounded like techno babble. Oh, but it, the kid was doing that. Can we just on say that computers. it wasn't? No, 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 no. We were said recovering isn't techno babble. Right, but like that's what they're talking about. Like, like saying he used a proprietary system could just mean that he's. We know he's a rich guy, right? So he could just have purchased a system for doing that, or or had it commissioned, and then used it himself. Like he basically reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, and it was bullshit. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's that bad. Okay. That's it. Okay. My my only note is that we sort of get clarification that Kelly isn't Malcolm's daughter. Do we? Well, in that they make no fucking reference to it. <laughs> like the first time they meet, it's not like, oh, 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 oh hey, oh, 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 okay, kid sure, of mine. Sure, 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 sure. But we we don't have yet a scene where she's like, yeah, my mom, uh, Bethany James. And he's like, wait, 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 but but Bethany, Bethany James, or or something like you know, something even worse, which would be something like after this is all over and he drops the kids off at their parents' house, she meets her mom with him. And she and the kid says, Mom, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Ian Malcolm. He saved my life. And the lady goes, Dr. Ian Malcolm, that was the name of my sperm donor. And then he goes, he like looks at the camera and like pulls a face and it goes like record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got here. And then it starts the movie over. (laughs) (laughs) That would that would be an entertaining film. I'd watch that film. If imagine if that shtick was the end of the movie, <laughs> like, like that that bit was the last thing you see, and it's well, like, it all began and, and, credits. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's my only note for that chapter. Okay. Uh, that brings us to chapter James. I have an overview. Oh, I have no notes. I feel like Malcolm should have assumed someone had bugged Levine's apartment. Because he knows someone went into his office and took photos of stuff. I mean, it's a complex system. You can't account for all the data. No, but I feel like those are pretty clear connections that could have been made. And I'm, I, I'll take a step back and say this is just something I considered. I, I'll let I, the book it can develop and progress on its own. It just seems like those two dots don't seem difficult to connect. He was busy thinking about other things. So maybe it's just something that he would connect later after they were out of the apartment. But he hasn't yet. No. And we've already read through all of these chapters, and they're already on the island by the time we finish he's, this He's dealing episode, with a so. lot of other things. Possibly I guess having that's a daughter. That's <laughs> not something that he's necessarily dealing with yet. That's uh, my only... That's the end of my notes there. Let, that brings us to chapter... Field Systems. I have another overview. <laughs> my, my, my only note is... Of course you're not fucking coming with... They don't know. Uh, they, they don't know. Come on. 
We're not field testing it. We're going to Costa Rica. We want to come. Shut the fuck up. Leave. And that's the last we'll ever see of them. Yeah, that is the last we'll ever see of them. Um, it uh, that's that's kind of what I thought too. My my thought here was, oh well, there sure were a lot of kids in this book, but now that they're gone and they're never going to be heard from again, I am mm-hmm. so very confident. I am amused in retrospect that they literally amalgamated the kids into one person. Yeah. But neither of them are have any pro- prowess with gym gymnastics, right? That we know of, anyway. Not yet. You'd I think mean, that would have been already hinted at. Yeah. And then they added, at least it seems like they added the element of her, the, her being the daughter of Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, thank God there was never a third Jurassic Park book, right? Like, how would how would Crichton have gone through jumping hoops to make the movie valid then? Like, it's almost like he and Spielberg had, like, a dare of, like, all right, I'm going to write a book, and you, you try to follow it. Mm-hmm. As close as you can. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg was like, I don't care. I just want dinosaurs. There's a kid. We got to have a kid. I only want to pay for one kid because having kids in movies sucks. Uh, we'll make one kid. You know what? Uh, she's going to be Ian's daughter because I think that's a fun dynamic. Because he mentioned him, he mentioned having kids in the first movie. So, like, why not? Ah, kids. Yeah, I love kids. Anyway. <laughs> um my next I, I'm, I'm, that's it for my notes for that chapter okay so that brings us to chapter Harding alright my I have a page note on page uh, well for me it's 502 okay. but it's like the second to last page in the chapter sure Pre- let's reiterate that you're reading a book that's both books combined into one that's why your early page in the book is still fi- page 500 exactly because you've got all of Jurassic Park preceding it you are very correct um, my note here is just about Harding line. I think here it says something like she was attacked for being a woman, for being attractive, for having an overbearing feminist perspective. And I thought to myself, nevertheless, she persisted. Huh. And I thought that was a, just a fun moment. Yeah, it sure was. I found it interesting. She had to be attractive, but fine. Had to be. <laughs> Why is it a have to be? Because it's Michael it Creighton. Be? He decreed it. So <laughs> no uggos in my book. I guess. See what I'm saying? I guess, but like... Uh, and Steven, I want to be part of the casting process because I know how attractive she needs to be. I don't know, man. It feels like it feels like you're... It feels like you have a soft spot and you're just rubbing it against stuff. <laughs> a soft spot or like, like a hot spot? Like about to become a blister. Why would you rub a hot spot against well, stuff? Well, like that's what you call a spot before it becomes a blister. Oh. Oh. Um, either the soft one, spot I guess, implies I am endeared to the book, and I am certainly not. I was I was meaning more like you were like bruised, like a soft oh. spot, like oh, oh, okay. you, you've been you've been injured. Like I'm an apple. Yes, like an apple. Okay, sure. Long like as... your your I don't formerly want anybody... taut firm flesh was now uh, soggy and and soft because of injury. Mealy, even maybe full of it's, worms. It certainly full is of you. Worms of disappointment. Oh, absolutely. Okay, apple, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got a note here. Sure, man. Uh, I have a note. I'm sure this stuff with the buffaloes and the hyenas is all foreshadowing, but I'm I'm bored. Oh, I like that stuff. 
I thought she had really good arguments about how nobody gives a shit about hyenas, and I was like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's fair. They're they're a really fascinating species that don't get a lot of like cred because they're kind of creepy, and I think that that's like the inverse relationship to how he was describing her, which is again why I think it's important that she's attractive. Um, because the argument is that even though she's attractive, she gets ridiculed for uh, all these other things about her, whereas hyenas, uh, which she describes as not getting a lot of attention because they're ugly and obnoxious and horrible, i.e. the inverse of her, are uh, needing of attention. So it's sort of poetic for someone in her position to seek out uh, a subject matter that is so inverted to her own self-identity. Like, I'm not saying he's not a competent writer. He understands okay. symbolism. Fine. Sure. That's spoken like someone who didn't see it. <laughs> oh, no. I, I also did not see it. Absolutely. <laughs> I admit freely. As if I'm just coming to this realization now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. As if. All right. That's it. Let's move on. Next. Also, a cool oh. thing about hyenas is they they have like uh, sort of faux penises, which is cool. How many? F-A-U-X. Oh. <laughs> not faux. Um, no, not faux. <laughs> Fox. How, uh, how does... Okay. I'll bite. How does a faux penis... How does you a shouldn't. faux penis work? If you're, if, you're, if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Um, I don't know <laughs> exactly. Let me... Let me Google it. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I'm not getting a lot of concrete information, but basically it sounds like essentially they have a, they basically just have this like, this uh, appendage, if you will, the f- female hyenas that looks very much like a penis. Like it ha- it's, it's a long shaft. It has what looks like pseudo testicles, a pseudo scrotum, but it's not that. It is, uh, they're still female um so what's the purpose of it well that's sort of the thing about evolution is that things uh develop purpose isn't the thing that develops the trait it's actually the opposite it's the need for a trait that develops the like purpose sure but i think you understand my question Sure, I just am a stickler for that specific train that has to work for, I, in order for evolution to make sense. I appreciate um, that, I pre- and I appreciate your clarification for the listener. Now, what I the mean, fuck for is some reason, purpose, shit? female like hyenas with this pseudo penis bred more, and so they passed on the genes to make pseudo penises, and now pseudo penises are the norm in hyenas. So we can inversely attribute reason to that. But it's not the the reason isn't the reason it exists. But does it have a function? Uh, apparently, it is. It is used for breeding, urinating, and uh, birth. How? Oh. So I don't. I don't know. I think it's essentially their genitals. Their their female oh, so, genitals okay, so, of the hyenas. Pseudo penis could have just been like an like just a vestigial uh, thingy hanging off. I wasn't sure that. that... I, I know. Okay. I, I'm. I I'm not an expert. We would have to ask Harding. But my guess is that everything I've read this briefly is it's 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 a they it's it's their genitals. The way their genitals look resembles more like what a penis looks like in every other species, every other mammalian species. 
Well, I'm glad I don't have hyena penis on my search history. I wonder if it's like, um, well, I would have hyena pseudo penis and I'm, I guess, more okay with my interest in naturalism than you are. See, you like that naturalism stuff. I do. That's, it's just, it's, it's never really called to me. Well, it sounds like unlike you, I have heard the call of the wild hyena penis. Um, the, uh, did Richard Attenborough ever do a, a, a documentary series about space? No. See? He was an actor. David Attenborough then. Oh, that's a different guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. See, that, that's, that's more interesting to me than fucking. What is? Space. The Final Frontier? Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, I mean, you could, you could watch, that's still in a sense natural. It's still sort of. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm not, I'm not here to argue. I mean, I would say you're hard pressed to find a more interesting planet than earth. Yeah. You, you can't make me feel your wonder. No, I can't. Yeah. I can pity that you don't feel it. Sure. It wouldn't be the first time I've been pitied. Um, I have an overview here. Okay. Just that at the end of this chapter, I am kind of getting antsy, impatient for dinosaurs. I feel like the first, I feel like the first acts, if you will, of these Jurassic Park books, Mm -hmm. it feels more like waiting at a restaurant for a very long time before someone comes to take your order. Right. Like, okay, I know I'm in the restaurant that's serving me dinosaur story, but I'm kind of waiting for them to come over and say, here's your dinosaur story. Right. Even, even like, maybe waiting for the table to wait for the dinosaur story. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like um, I'm certainly there. I'm certainly it, has, beginning to have the experience. It's just like a two hour wait. Sure. And, and last time you were excited. It was fun. It was the new dinosaur story, but we've been to this restaurant before. Well, and like what you said, at least in the first book, he had this entire, like he had chutzpah. He was like, this is, this is what I'm setting these things up he and you cared can see about them what he be building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was done. The craftsman's craftsmanship was higher, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's, uh, definitely, it's start, starting to affect me here at the end of Harding. Do you have any more notes on that chapter? Nope. Let's go to the next chapter. Message. I only have an overview. I have nothing. <laughs> I think at this point it's safe to assume that the vehicle, we, we can assume the vehicles are not bugged because they were just finished being manufactured. Right. That makes sense. Like that day. So I just noted it to myself in terms of my like meta note taking commentary that it's probably fine for them to be saying the things they're saying in their vehicles because they were just finished. Right. Uh, I would be surprised if that switches on us. Unless, uh, Eddie is working for Dodson and bugged the vehicles as he was building them. Right. Not expecting it's to possible. go. He was expecting to go on a field test, not to the actual island. It's possible, but Eddie has been with this guy since he was like a teenager. So I would be, he was been with Thoreau since he was a teenager. I'd be surprised, especially because Th- there hasn't been Thorn? any animosity between them. What? Thorn? I don't remember what his name is. Yes, Thorn. Okay. I said Thoreau, but I, I don't know why. Um, Thorn, there's no, no animosity alluded to in the book. So I'm going to assume that if there, if there was going to be some sort of 
event happening where we learned about that, it would have been foreshadowed. However, this is the reason I'm I'm like trapped up because I'm I'm thinking of this book through the movie goggles. Like I'm sure. thinking about I think the Eddie character in the movie is Vince Vaughn, who is like a environmental terrorist. You know, he's he's there to free the dinosaurs and take photos of them and, and release them. So he is on a like a subterfuge mission. So it's possible that that's coming. But that would sort of imply that there was enough people who knew about the island to make that happen, right. which there isn't in this book. Right. The, the island is still a secret in this book. The dinosaurs themselves are still a secret. Um the only other thing I'm thinking of is in the third movie where the guy that goes with Grant also tries to steal dinosaur eggs so that they can sell them so that they can make money to fund their digs. And that's another one of those. So I'm wondering if like how much of that character is comes from a character in this book or, or if, if any. Um, so I'm unfortunately kind of on the lookout for these meta like connections sure. that aren't that are kind of taking me out of the book itself. Well, that brings us to the next chapter. Exploitation. Uh, I, I thought that the idea of testing cosmetics on a T-Rex made, it made me laugh. Well, see, I had the opposite idea or reaction. Okay. Uh, I wrote, okay. I may have had some wine at this point, but fucking okay. what? Animal <laughs> testing? Where the fuck is Dachin's handlebar mustache to twirl? This this this, I, this 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 seems so stupid to me. I get that you, um, you found it amusing, but this was yes. stupid. Yes, I I agree. <laughs> it is. I still found it amusing. I still like the idea of them having a T Rex. Like I imagine, like the T Rex from uh, what's that movie called? The Robinsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I imagine like meet, that meet the T-Rex, like, meet the Robinsons, meet the Robinsons yeah. like, like sitting down, someone putting lipstick on it and going like, mm, I think I'm pretty cute. Like I just had that for some reason that was in my head immediately. That's, and I was like, that's, that's funny. funny. Sure. But, but the, but the concept of we built the animal. So it's, it's, it's ours and free. We're free to torture it. What? I feel like you're just reacting to it being evil. No, when it's, it's supposed to be no. evil. I like a good evil plan. This was stupid. Oh no, no! I'm not saying it's not stupid. I'm saying that I think that that isn't there to be to be clever. I think it's there to be evil. No, I'm. But my problem is it's not a good evil plan. It just makes I'm like this is what we're fighting against. This is this is the point of the book. This is fuck this book. This is <laughs> I, stupid. I, I, I don't. I agree with you. Just, is what just, I'm saying. Just I, stick to finding Levine. Make it make the Rambo thing where he has to go into enemy territory and get the guy and get him back out and who will survive. Don't. This is what the what is this crap. I agree. I do. It is um it isn't it isn't a good plan. It's not a, the kind of plan you read and you go, "Oh my god, they must be stopped." Uh, okay, I think, also, but I also we we can recreate dinosaurs. We we have the power to 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 recreate life. However, we want to apply that. We're going for for fucking cosmetics testing. What? I mean, I, I, I earlier like, this episode. I've been to the time machine so <laughs> my ice cream doesn't melt. Nah. What the fuck? I'll, I'll reference again the thing I mentioned earlier about how dumb it is that in the third Jurassic Park movie or the fourth Jurassic Park movie, they say that they want to turn raptors into like soldiers. It's dumb. That makes more sense than cosmetic testing to me. Fine. It doesn't mean it's any less dumb. And that's sort of my point. Like, this isn't supposed to be a cool plan. I don't think. I think it's supposed to, and I think it does it clumsily, but I think it's supposed to shock readers at the time who are, at this time of of, of, of the world, it was popular to be upset at cosmetic companies for testing on animals. So I think he's trying to, like, prey on that 
hot button issue of oh, the time. That's and m- just let me finish, man. <laughs> like, I'm reacting. Shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> and and like the the point isn't to make it seem reasonable or cool or scary. I think it's supposed to seem evil. Like I think it's its only purpose is to elicit a reaction from the reader who goes, "Oh my god, I thought animal cruelty was horrible, but what about someone who feels like they're more morally empowered to be cruel to animals? That's even more evil." Well, it didn't work. Okay, maybe not with you, but maybe, you know, somebody at the time who was reading it was very upset because they were very preoccupied with animal cruelty. Is there anything about this in the movie? No. Yeah, okay. Not at all. Dodson's not even in the movie. The yeah. whole the whole premise of the movie is has nothing to do with Dodson anymore. Dodson, it's completely I moved thought Dodson on. came back maybe in the fifth movie or something, but different actor because <laughs> that guy was in jail. Maybe. But like the um the second movie is all about like <sighs> It's all about like Hammond's grandson feeling like he should he has a right to to make Jurassic Park successful and he's gonna do it in San Diego. So their whole point there is to go get the animals from the island and, and import them to the United States. Um it has nothing to do with anybody else. Alright. So yeah, I I I think it's a dumb plan. I entirely agree. Um it is it certainly makes him seem like a laughable villain as opposed to like a scary guy. Like who tested rabies on, on farmers. Yeah, exactly. Like he was, like, a, he was, he was at least uh, an impressive shadowy figure in the background in the first book. Right. And yeah, now he's he a was the big bad. idiot. Right. I, I mean, wouldn't it be even more upsetting if he had some sort of argument about cloning humans and using like, like raising humans to be like property and doing whatever he wants to them. That, like, that actually seems sounds like, like it could be a compelling story. Well, damn it. Um, because you sold it better than Michael Crichton. <sighs> kind of like what they're doing with Westworld, actually. We built these robots. They're ours. But, oh, no, they're self-aware. Oh, fine. Right. Yeah, it's exactly the same. stupid. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it just, where, just where does me. Where does autonomy come from is a much more compelling argument than what if we didn't have to justify testing cosmetics on creatures <laughs> right like Spraying i don't know man. A copy it just in seems... the face with hairspray yeah it, Shut I, the fuck you're up. not gonna get the argument from me that it's dumb it's it is dumb it's super dumb rather you're not gonna get the argument from me that it's not dumb it is um i don't think it was supposed to be anything more than i, I mean i think it's a failing i think he failed to make dodson scary right but i think it's because he was he i don't think he had a good idea mm-hmm I don't I think he was dry mm. with ideas at this point. And the best one he had was one that was just the most like evil, but not the most sinister. Is there, you understand the difference? Like, like he, he, he didn't have anything conniving to do. He just had something just evil to do. Like, how could there, how could there possibly be enough money in cosmetics to justify the overhead of creating dinosaurs even the the idea he has about big game hunting, like, how could there possibly be a market that could justify the generation of these creatures just for hunting purposes? Well, now that the R and D is all done, wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't it be slightly more cost effective? They only have to supply I, using the information that they already have, and that's what they just need to get. I still they don't think have to that create like, a new thing. If you look at how it. much money like zoos spend to keep their animals alive, it's they take a lot of money. No, you grow especially them to the, order. You're like, where, where, where's this raptor going? 
Mac, okay, ship it off. I guess it is like they do they do have accelerated like yeah. development in bred into them, but yeah. I don't think he knows that. Oh, this is the guy who 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 loosed rabies and <laughs> say that over and over again. South <laughs> it's the only it's his only defining characteristic that they've talked about. That and his like stupid hat in that first book. Didn't he have potatoes? We talked about the potatoes, man. Potato Oh right. The fucking you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. I forgot he was the potato man. Yeah. Mr. Potato Man. I'm not enjoying this book. <laughs> I'm so sorry you're not enjoying this book. It's just such a depart we'll talk about that at the at the end of the book, I'm sure. Okay, okay. The, the difference okay. is and, and, and what the fuck happened. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you don't need to be sorry. Maybe it'll pick up. I'm in, like, me, here's here's my hope. Let me tell you this. I'm enjoying not enjoying it. Good, good. My hope is that I, I remember having similar feelings to the first book about how slow it felt like it got to. Like yeah, that's got, true. That's but true. then but then once we got into the action, it was like I remember feeling like I need to take a break. Like I'm feeling overwhelmed with, with like excitement. Okay. And I need to calm down. So maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's coming up. Although one could also argue that we felt so much uh, passion and excitement for the action scenes because we spent so long developing interesting characters, which we haven't yet. But but no. we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I think also maybe like, I, I don't want to excuse him too much, but couldn't we possibly just be unfairly judging this book based on how much we enjoyed Jurassic Park? Like, I see what you're saying. Like, is it like, possible that these are just different characters and therefore we don't like them? I don't think so, because even when you get that sequel that does not hold up, but it feels comp- not just competently, but passionately made. Uh, right. Like it didn't click with mainstream audiences, but I can feel the heart there and I'm not feeling heart here. Fair. Okay. I mean, I feel like I feel that way about a handful of movies that people don't like. I genuinely think that the uh, Gore Verbinski's Lone Ranger movie is enjoyable and fun. I still want to see it based on, on your review. And it's like, it's I, I, not coming to Disney yeah. plus until like 2022 or some stupid thing. So I'm just like, I'm like, so I'll watch it someday. But I am very intrigued to see it because of what you've said. And I, I think I've heard other things where people, it hadn't had that critically derided. See, I don't like to read the reviews. I like to <laughs> learn for myself. Uh, I think make my own decisions. <laughs> so You're not taking shots at me when you say that, right? No, I'm like, taking shots at myself. Stuff. Okay. <laughs> Because those are things I've said because, like, in talking to you about reviews, I'm just going to clarify if I should be, like, offended. if I should take it personally or if I should, like. No. Um, okay. On that note, though, about what Malcolm said, I think that one of the more important points you didn't make that does support what you think your argument is, is Malcolm's the same guy who chided the scientists at InGen who, in his words, stood on the shoulders of giants Mm -hmm. and didn't do the work for themselves. Mm -hmm. And now he's out here saying, I don't want to listen to anybody else's work. Yeah. I don't even want to read what anybody else is doing. Or or I don't know. That's not exactly what he said. But like... No, that sounds like my argument. I like it. (laughs) Um... No, that's a really good point. And, and it, there seems to be a character disconnect too, where he's almost rabid for this discovery or this aha moment or whatever that Levine's talked him into. He's there for it. And before he was 
he seemed like a different guy. Yeah, I, I entirely agree. I mean, we, we talked about this earlier about this, this whole his justification for going to the island is not clear. It seems to just turn on a dime and we're supposed and we're just we're just there. He's just a year later. He's working with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I for, I watched this movie this weekend, uh, an American pickle or American pickle. Have you heard That's about just, it? I th- I've heard the title. I don't remember what it is at the moment. Uh, it's oh, a, I Seth think Rogen? it's an, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about it though. I just know he's in So it. The, the premise is, um, this guy in 1919, uh, fell into a pickle vat and was pickled for a hundred years. And then a hundred years later, they open up the pickle vat and he comes out and he's, he was remaining the same age. Sure. And he, and he interacts with a, his great, great grandson, also Seth Rogen. Who it, also Seth Rogen. Okay. So it's playing beside himself, and they're and they're misadventures together. So there's a moment in the movie. So essentially, the thing about this movie is it's a fairy tale. Yeah. Like it's 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 treated like a Rip Van Winkle story, but it's like, and in the same way as Rip Van Winkle, it's not important how how he existed through that time, how he could sleep that long, how he could survive in pickle in pickle juice. But there's a moment where they have a the movie uh, the narrative itself addresses this problem mm-hmm. by saying by taking the character to a press conference where scientists talk to the press and the press says isn't the science on this ridiculous could you explain it at all it, uh, how are we supposed to believe this guy survived for 100 years in pickle juice and the and one of the scientists just turns to the, them and says listen if you look at this graph we'll explain everything and i assure you it'll all make perfect scientific sense and then they look to a graph and they have this graph and then you hear a voiceover it's, it's seth rogan's character saying the doctor explained to the press that everything about the process made entire sense and they agreed <laughs> and then it cuts to the press and they go oh that makes entire sense and then the other another press person says Oh my God, this is such an incredible breakthrough. And another person says, you've made it so clear for me to understand. And then they move on and they just go with the rest of the story. And, and they never really address it again. Um, like the, the silliness, the, the unrealism of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie, this book rather feels like it's doing the same thing kind of with Malcolm without the tongue in cheek. Obviously we're just going to move past this because focusing it on it will only make the movie worse. Right. But in here, it's really important to focus on why. Because Malcolm uh, died in the last book. Like, he's fucking dead. So, like, he should, he, he more than anyone should have a reason to never go back and interact with these things again. Cool. Unless, of course, this is like a fucking, like, this this book is entirely just him dying. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is this like a Jacob's Ladder incident at Owl Creek Bridge kind of thing? Yeah, where this is just that'd some, be great. That would be. I would like this book if if the end of the page, end of the book, <laughs> they they're back in the helicopter. He's in a body bag, and Grant's just like, and, and Malcolm and Muldoon's like, nope. <laughs> the end. Yes. Then the, then this book might make sense to me. I feel like if that was what how this book ended, we would have heard about it probably. And and I can I'd tell also, you, I have read n- this book before, <laughs> and I don't remember <laughs> well, that. I, I have never read or heard anything about how this book ends. I only know what happens in the movie. Uh-huh. So we're going to find out. Okay. Then I think that brings us to the next chapter. Third configuration, Costa Rica. I have no notes. No notes. <laughs> I, I don't, I, it's a transitory chapter, I guess. Yep. Uh, well, then let's go to the next chapter. Isla Sorna. 
Okay, I have I have a couple notes on this one. Yeah, I do too. But why don't you go first for a change? Well, I just have a couple questions. Okay. Um, sort of what we were talking about before. Uh, this is the island that Ian himself says, I think there are dinosaurs on this island. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So why the fuck did he go? He, that would be the whole, he's suddenly gung-ho for it. Right. And he's Attitude. like got a limp. Yeah. He's like, he's maimed. Yeah. Why, Even if they why had is- a moment where he just says to like Thorn, if you were perhaps going to encounter prehistoric creatures on this trip it would be i think i would be the best person to help you survive it why is he suddenly so invested in levine that he wants to go i've got i've got to be the one to save him but i mean my also, only no homo, idea no homo remember <laughs> my only idea uh is I, th- I think it's something i mentioned earlier is this idea of like perhaps he's trying to conquer his own fears of it or he like he wants to prove that there are no dinosaurs but then once he gets there and he sees them he doesn't say he doesn't go god damn it i was wrong they're still here there's nothing like that right so i'm just like i i just i i, I really wish there was more care paid to how our protagonist is why they're doing the things that he, they're doing yeah yeah and and I don't feel like it's it's at all there. It's just they are happening. These events are taking place. Like remember, Malcolm's not a paleontologist. He's not a dinosaur expert. He's a he's a chaotician. Like he's a mathematician. Right. Like he, he's complex systems. This isn't his forte. Um. But nevertheless, he is our protagonist, and he's thrusting himself into this story. And I. I would very much. I just feel like we're missing something, and I and I, I think it's, it's, it's worth a gross acknowledging. Penetrative act. <laughs> uh, my second question is answered shortly later, which is: Does Eddie know that there are dinosaurs on this island, <laughs> or potentially that there are dinosaurs on this island? Did he at this and point? Again, I don't... No. Okay. He, this is before. Saw. Yeah. This yeah. is he. Uh, uh, well, it okay, seems I like now. I remember now. Thorn knows that that's what Levine was doing. Right. But. It doesn't seem like he explained to Eddie at all right, right, what right, they right. were doing there. Right. Um, that's all my notes for this chapter. Okay, so I wrote, oh no, not sensitive photovoltaic panels. I hope they're not damaged, some causing some co- sort of crisis later. Yep. Uh, also, you know, kind of at this point, before we realized that Eddie was probably uh, a secret agent for Dodgson, I hope Eddie makes it back to another Pizza Hut. <laughs> that and, seems like a product placement. Um, and also, I, re- I I want someone better get shot with that neurotoxin dart, or my money is wasted and my book was free. Well, it absolutely happens in the movie. Oh, does so, it? Yes, a person does. A person gets hit. Yeah. Yes. Because the same the same dialogue line is in the movie of yeah. like you'll. You'll be dead before you realize you've pulled the trigger is in the movie. Oh, awesome. Excellent. And then someone, um, okay, 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 okay. No, no, no more spoilers. <laughs> Yay, I'm excited. Well, here's what I will say because, again, My I don't know what happens. Not wasted. Sorry, what? I don't know what happens in this book. You mean the library book you rented? Yes. Um, that, <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> I don't know what happens in this book, but I know in the movie, it's the poachers, it's the bad guys who I think shoot themselves. I think. Well, we know. That, I mean, come on. People were in Malcolm's apartment. And clearly, there's going to be another team that show up. I guess that's true. 
I guess that's something I Otherwise, I am... this book is real light on plot, lighter than we thought. Again, Even dude, I'm still Vince trying to Vaughn's figure out what secret happens. eco-terrorists or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And my map in the front of the book suggests... Oh? It suggests that Dodson has a landing site. You're right. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. That's it for that chapter. Uh, all right, that brings us to the next chapter. The stream. I just don't know. Again, it's another this overview question is I just don't understand why Malcolm wouldn't expect to find raptors on the island. I don't mm-hmm. understand why he's here. It's just the same note over and over. Just yeah, as yeah, the no. further we go into the book, the 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 more it's not clarified yeah. what his reasoning for being here is at all, except that he's a character we know already. I mean, anyway, just my, I don't like it. My first note is just I don't know if Crichton's in, disengaged or I am, but because this is the one with all the different dinosaurs, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're just seeing the parade of dinosaurs. Just like, eh. Well, I think this is like this felt like no. I think this is a diorama in the museum. No, this isn't that yet. I think that's, that's the next chapter. No, I think. Oh, you're I right. Don't really know, man. You're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, still, I think I'm, I'm I think this kind of like no, it's, this it's, is where they find the bits of, of Levine's backpack. Right, in this the is the mud. moment with the clues. That's okay, that makes sense because <laughs> this felt as rote as a Scooby Doo episode without any of the fun, shaggy Scooby hijinks. Yeah. Well, I mean, the kids are kind of having the. Ha- they're fucking shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, but they're, they're not. They're there literally. Yet. Well, no, but they are that thing. They're literally munching on sandwiches and being like, oh, gosh, Scoob. <laughs> Zoinks. I bet it was Old Man Raptor. I gotta piss so hard, Scoob. Because that's what they do when they... Yeah. Rain the <laughs> Rizzard. Rain the Rizzard is disgusting. <laughs> um. Alright, that's the that's the end of my notes for that chapter. Uh, well, last one. Because I was already pretty grumpy about this. And then... And he fucking said, what is this, a salamander convention? It's pretty bad. Grumpy cat face, man. It's like, uh, that's like calling someone a brainer. At least. At least that bad. Take a bath in their mouth. Or whatever the fuck he said before. (laughs) Yeah. Take a bath in their mouth. I keep meaning to ask my kid if that's a good uh, insult. Don't do that. Don't set yourself up to to lose any stock in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, is that it for that chapter? Yeah, yeah, it was. Then that brings us to the next chapter. The Road. Cormac McCarthy joke. Insert McCarthy joke here. Uh, this is where I, I wrote, fuck, that was a lazy sense of wonder. <laughs> um... That's all I've got. That's all I've got. They just like, oh, and here's the, I felt like walking through dioramas of dino models, like into your left, you will see this Stegosaurus. I don't care. Okay. I mean, that's kind of how it happens in the first movie though. I mean, they just sure, sort of wander but in into the movie, this big, they, they, they shot from the ground up. There was John Williams. There was all this, they, they cared. This is just like, and over there you will see the Triceratops. Yes. I think that in the in Lost World, the first time you see dinosaurs is similar, but then immediately turns violent, and so it like has this extra. Yeah, because Steven Spielberg knows how to like double down on reintroductions. Yeah, 
Uh, my note here is kind of like what you were saying about the sensitive panels. So if we're going by the rule where you don't alert the audience to a threat unless that threat is going to manifest, then they're going to run out of power in the vehicles or they're going to malfunction somehow. The compies are going to eat or bite someone and uh, there's going to be some sort of volcanic eruption or some sort of volcanic damage of some kind. And someone's going to hit with that dart. And someone's going to hit with the dart. What a fucking checkoff this guy is. I think, and I can tell you, all of those, all all of those except the volcano happen in the movie. Someone gets eaten by compies. Someone shoots a dart in their foot. The vehicles don't make it. Uh, <laughs> but 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 even had you not seen it, this is pretty obvious. This is pretty glaring. It, it feels, yeah, it feels like. I would just like the reader to understand that we are about to enter a section of the book I like to call foreshadowing. Prepare yourselves. Yeah, it, it, and here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I think that the signals that he's broadcasting here are uh, as strong as Levine's backpack signal is weak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so if that's it for that chapter, then that'll bring us to the next chapter. Sight B. I have an overview. All right. What did I write here? Hold on. Oh, this is this is where... I was continuing to cook and had a little more wine. <laughs> As okay. you do. Okay. Theoretically. Because, yeah, I was cooking and, 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 and reading at the same time. Cooking, drinking, reading. Yeah. You do all... The thing about multitasking is that if you do a lot of things at once, you're bound to do one of them to completion. I mean, it stands to reason. Law of averages. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Theoretically. I, I would argue you would all of one, every one of those things would be done averagely. Theoretically, I, I drank that wine real well. <laughs> <laughs> this is the near you son of a bitch. <laughs> I drank that wine like the best of them can drink. <laughs> it wasn't that much wine. <laughs> Theoretically, though, if there were a lost lost world, the hypothesis, the land before whatever, the, the mysterious place where dinosaurs still live to this day. Right. Would they even after 65 million years, would they even look like dinosaurs anymore? No. <laughs> or would they be would they be um like well, sexy hot lizard people? Well, they'd be first sexy. Off, no. Yeah. Evolution doesn't oh, Evolution yeah. doesn't list towards human form. Oh yeah. Um, Have you not watched Doctor Who? That's exactly Madame my point. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And no, it wouldn't do that. Why does she have breasts, Rob? Why does she have breasts? She doesn't need them. She's a lizard. To, to to suckle her lizard young? It doesn't make any sense. They don't need them. You don't know. They have yolk. That's what they start with. Well, the yolk's on you. No, it isn't. It's on you. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, the... Uh, no, uh, okay, so two things. One, uh, alligators and crocodiles do seem to have not evolved very much in the same amount of time. Sure. Um, and same with certain other, like, lizard species. So if you still, or, or like, sharks. So if you believe that they are, the dinosaurs are lizards and not birds, then you would your argument would be, no, they wouldn't evolve. But if no, they that had wouldn't be been... My, that still lo- wouldn't be my argument, but go ahead. So, but but if they if they actually, but we could literally say, well, there were some species of dinosaurs that did survive, and we have already posited that they evolved into birds. So, given the same amount of time, a 
species of dinosaurs or a, a you know a lost world would be full of birds. A couple things. <laughs> or something similar. A couple things. Uh, lizard, bird. I don't think that matters so much for the evolution part of this argument. Um, I feel like the things that became alligators and crocodiles found their niche where they were kind of the apex of their environment like sharks and didn't right. have to change too much. But this exactly. is a whole complex system of different dinosaurs interworking with each other. Also, if they all survived, that meant they survived whatever cataclysm killed off most of the dinosaurs and it wasn't a couple of stragglers that eventually evolved into birds. These would be a whole different thing. So I'm saying sexy lizard people. I don't think so. Because the environment on Earth was the same for them as it was for the dinosaurs that turned into birds. No, but these ones are in a cavern or a lost, a lost. Uh, so they would lose their eyesight. Like that's how no, evolution works. No, 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 no. Because because of um, what did what did what did Conan Doyle say was <laughs> the center of the earth? That was their light source. Whatever that was. <laughs> I'm just making shit up now. Look, I want those sexy lizard people, and it's gonna happen. I'm, I, I guarantee you there are plenty of websites that will cater to your interests. Excellent. That's it. That's all my um, notes. My, my note here is that uh, because at this point they're following the signal mm-hmm. for Levine's backpack. And my my hope is that they find it either in the belly of a raptor or in raptor poop. I I I don't think I'm remembering this. I think I firmly believe that he's going to be the progenitor of the Tyrannosaurus piss that came from the third movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where they're going to go. No, I'm sure. I'm saying his the actual. Oh, the, oh yeah, like, okay. Yes, yes, yeah. The yes, actual receiver itself. Yes, yes. They're going to. They're not going to find it with him, as my guess. Yes. They're going to find it separate from him, either in the belly of a raptor or in raptor poop. Raptor poop would be fun. Right. Yeah. That's one big pile of shit. Yeah. Well, man-sized. Six-foot turkey-sized. Um, I don't know why the why InGen in its bankruptcy wouldn't tell the Costa Rican government about Site B or why someone in the process of liquidating that company wouldn't have been alerted to a Site B. Like, those are assets, the buildings that are there, the people who worked there. There are there are loose ends here that should have led to the discovery of this place when Engine dissolved. So, I I kind of have a... I, I'm, start, I'm having a hard time understanding or believing that this island would exist and, ha- and be untouched in the way it was, just knowing how liquidation of companies works. Didn't they try to cover that in the the recovered memo where like no one can talk about this and we're keeping it super secret? It's still there's got to be sure. a paper trail no, of money. I like, feel like that's his, have to his go lazy nod towards why that. And that's what I'm saying is it's lazy. Oh yeah, like no. it 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 is it seems lazy and it seems rushed. We've talked about this before. It's just it's it's gonna get old saying it, but it bums me out when I read it. That's why we've added sexy lizard people. Um, my other note here is, at this point, again, why is Malcolm still honoring his non-disclosure agreement? I don't understand. Yeah, you you cracked that one wide open for me last time. Like, yeah. he's beholden to Costa Rica. He's never going to go back there. Well, shit, no, he's there now. Yeah, but no, nobody knows he's there. That's like, true. none of these, 
I mean, even if they knew he was well, there, would he be in the paperwork though, since he was part of this expedition but, ahead of time? But they didn't stop them. They didn't address it at all. Well, he, he didn't hasn't broken his non-disclosure of... agreement. But what I'm saying is, like, the Costa Rican government if, should have him on a hot list that says, like, if this dude's name pops up anywhere, we know about Especially it. Especially with the scientific so, expedition. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and going to an island yeah. previously owned by InGen yeah. kind of thing or, or something. So, like, my, my, my point is, my only backup for the, making sense in the book is that Thorne is the one who talks to the, like, customs agent or the border patrol agent, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually... Had declared Malcolm, on, Malcolm. Yeah, had him on the manifest exactly. or whatever. Sure. But that would have been cool to have been written in the book. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like some sort of exp- exploration of like, this is how we got around Malcolm getting there. And also, why isn't he telling people? Like, I don't understand why he's not being like, okay, so as, now that we've landed and you've seen Triceratops, let me tell you about my experience. And holy shit, it's fucking terrifying. And this is how we can all survive this. So let's survive it. Instead, he wanders out into the woods. Here's the bird calls that he's like, nah, those aren't bird calls. But then doesn't like run pissing his pants back into the car and being like, can we leave? Can we leave? Can we leave? Must go like, faster. <laughs> must go faster exactly like that's that a, character isn't here that's a it's some really weird good point this is some sort of weird like audience surrogate to just get back into jurassic park and yeah, that's I think it's an boring and lazy but well i know you think that but like <laughs> i think i'll be proven right okay if my name isn't ian michael Crichton malcolm I think that's all I have. Yep. So that brings us to the last chapter of this episode. Trailer. I have a page note on five thirty-two. I've got I've got a two-part note. I wanna I wanna say at the beginning. All right. Page one thirty. Are we gonna find out why Arby has a credit card? Page one thirty. Way one. Touche, Michael Crichton. Touche. What for emer- for emergencies? Yeah. I mean, because at this point it was just parents... derisive and, and anything that came across oh, okay. my plate. I was just like, this is crap. This is crap. What the f- 11 year old has a credit card. What the. Oh, OK, fine. It's one. Yeah, I mean, it's one I, had you a, get. I had a cell phone when I was 12. So like, <laughs> it makes sense to me. 12. It was the this same thing. It was 1996. Like... Kids didn't have cell okay. phones or credit cards. All right. I feel like there's a movie that has a kid with a credit card. It's like, it's only for emergencies, but I can't remember what it is. Nope. Didn't happen. Anyway, <laughs> um, my 532 note is, <laughs> this is my, I'm going to read it to you because it just, it made me double take in a strange way. Okay. The bottom of the page. And when he was around the other kids... How could he be expected to show interest in TV shows like Melrose Place or the San Francisco 49ers or The Shack's new commercial? I've got a note about that, too. The Shack? When was he ever called The Shack? It was spelled S-H-A-Q, right? Yeah. Okay, it's not like a Shake Shack or anything. Yeah, because I'm like, hey, at least Shack's got his commercial careers remain consistent. But was he The Shack? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember him ever being called The Shack. I mean, if I paid any attention to that kind of stuff, I would have been at the prime age to remember that, but I didn't, so I don't. I remember liking the San Francisco 49ers as a kid for some reason. I don't know why now. So maybe, like, they were popular at the time? Maybe? 
the shack. Weird. That's pretty weird. Um, then the, the last note I had is about like this, the weird stuff about like the kids taking a nap and then Arby saying he had a dream about dinosaurs smashing against the walls of the car. And then I was just like, yeah, okay, I get it. Is it a dream though? <laughs> like, right. Well, yeah, that's like, what I was, uh, were they actually smashing or did they just kind of lumber by or were, or, or, or they're just getting ready to, and he like woke up and doesn't it just realize seems like, outside. I don't know. It just seems like if he was awake enough to interpret the real world things happening, but, but sleepy enough to think they could be a dream. He probably is awake enough to, to go, Oh my God, Holy shit. There's really dinosaurs out there okay. rubbing against the car. So, okay. I've got, I've got two more notes. Okay. And I want you to tell me if I'm way off base. Cause these, even, even I understand that I've got opinions in this episode <laughs> And that they might be full of crap, fine. I'm often full of crap. But these two, I don't even know. You have to, you have to guide me through me. I don't even know. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I feel like Crichton is likening his experience of being a brainer in the late 50s to being black. And it feels awkward. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to find this because section Because Ke- Kelly's about. not black. No, and this, she's this, suffering was the same this was an Arby thing. Oh, okay. Right before the uh, Melrose place, in fact. Arby wasn't always clear about the right thing to do around people. Everyone treated him so weird anyway. Because he was younger, of course, and because he was black, and because he was what other kids called a brainer. He found himself engaged in a constant effort to be accepted, to blend in. Except he couldn't. He wasn't white, he wasn't big, he wasn't good at sports, and he wasn't dumb. Most of his classes at schools were so boring, Arby could hardly stay awake in them. Etc, etc, etc. And I'm like... I mean, clearly the nerd part comes from Michael Crichton. Is he just trying to say, yeah, I had it rough too. Man, you're, you really have it out for him. Um, <laughs> I do now. I think it's probably more like he's just saying that, like, perhaps the specific part of this, the difficulty in these, the, 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 the these, the challenges that people in these demographics have in this specific instance are kind of similar. Okay. Like, or that their, their, their reaction to them are, are similar. Like he's describing like that he wants to fit in, but he feel like he won't fit in. Like, I mean, is there a, is there a subgroup or a, like in terms of sociologically speaking, like a, an, uh, an, an out group that isn't longing to be the in group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's pretty normal for behavior. All right. Uh, okay, that was it. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I I, I, I would certainly second, so I I would certainly not want to presume the difficulties of of uh, any individual racial minority or any of that stuff because it's not is be be wrong. It would be wrong for me to suggest that I understand what that's like for for people, or it would be almost be wrong for me to assume or suggest that it's somehow the struggle is monolithic. Like I, I feel like that's a that's kind of racist sure. to assume that, that the struggle for any minority is going to be the same. Sure. But uh, for, for all, you know, that is to say for each individual in the minority. All I'm trying to um, do is deconstruct Michael Crichton's intent. And I think well, that I might think be what I, he thought. I think, no, I think his intent is to call to mind that the, 
to make anybody who's reading this book relatable to this character if they fit into one of several different types of, of subgroups. Okay. Because, again, you have to think about it like authors aren't they're not always out here like like rampaging with ideas in terms of like uh, ideals rather. Sure. Like sure, oftentimes, oftentimes they're just, just trying to tell a story or they're just rampaging with money. Sure, but I think again here he's not like he's not outside of his realm of his craft. Like he's, I think he's trying to create a character that's relatable to more than one group of people. Okay, I, I get it. He's still he's still a bad guy. Help me. I'm gonna say it's bad guy, but help me understand this passage I'm going to read to you. Okay, <laughs> it's a bit of a long one, so settle in. All right. <clears throat> Arby ate his sandwich. <laughs> it's it's not that. Not roast beef. No, Arby because okay. that's sandwich. that's what I was thinking every time I read that kid's name. I was like, oh, roast beef. Oh, and the nacho cheese. Oh, I want one of those buns. It just feels like it was like pooped out of God's butt belly button. But his butt belly button. <laughs> his butt belly button. That way, it's not gross. Arby ate his sandwich. He thought he had never tasted anything so good in his entire life. It was better even than his mother's turkey sandwiches. The thought of his mother gave him a pang. His mother was a gynecologist and very beautiful. She had a busy life and wasn't home very much, but whenever he saw her, she always seemed so peaceful. And Arby felt peaceful around her, too. They had a special relationship, the two of them. Even though lately she sometimes seemed uneasy about how much he knew. One night he had come into her study. She was going over some journal articles about progesterone levels and FSH. He looked over her shoulder at the columns of numbers and suggested that she might want to try a nonlinear equation to analyze the data. She gave him a funny look, a kind of separate look, thoughtful and distant from him. And at that moment he had felt... I'm getting another one, Kelly said. I don't know, was that like a weird edible thing? No! What? <laughs> no! Again, he's talking about a kid who's essentially feeling ostracized in every part of his life, and he finds solace with his mother, who's also very smart and can connect to him, and he feels peaceful around her. And then she, even in what, his, what his story here is all about, is how even in this situation, he had actually started to feel like they were becoming distant because his intelligence intimidated or made her uncomfortable. The look that she gives him makes him feel distant and disconnected from her. Like the only safe place he has is no longer safe because he's ruined it again. It's possible I glazed, I, I, I zoned out in the middle of that paragraph. Reading it out loud, I'm like, oh, okay. I see it now. Yeah, I, I, would, I would liken it more toward more to a, the kind of social disconnect you hear uh, anecdotally about people who have like sort of social anxiety disorders, mm -hmm. like, like Asperger's or other things like that. I don't know if that's actually a social anxiety disorder. I, I'm, I just don't want to offend anyone. Um, you're not making blanket statements, right? The, but like, that's sort of what I'm like, uh, that's how I read it. Okay. Like, no, it's a good point. This is not a Stephen King book. We don't have to have no, that on not. top of everything else. Good gosh. Um, no, it's not. I, I, did, I thought you were going to point out how she, as a female character in a Michael Crichton book, has to be attractive because he nah, did put that in there again. His mom was beautiful. All kids think their moms are beautiful. I, I don't want to say anything about that because I feel like I, I feel like you've set me up to, to be a bad guy and like feed into an opportunity for a joke because the timing was there. And I just do, I feel like I feel like that's evil and I don't want to do it. Evil. I'm not evil. Yeah. 
feels evil. I just evil. want to grow dinosaurs so I can use them for cosmetics testing. What's evil about that? They're my property. <laughs> that's all I have. Do you have anything no, else? No, that's, that's it. All right. I ended with a bang. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the supposition of an intention to. <laughs> More like a whimper. Ew. No, because that's of what how the world will end. Gross. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. I know what words are. No, it's like you don't get me sometimes. Oh my gosh. Nobody understands me. I'm unique. You f- uh, is, is this that point where I give you that look that makes you feel distant? <laughs> makes just, you feel... Everyone calls me... I'm going to have another. Everyone, everyone calls me a brainer and they just don't understand. All right. I think that brings us to a new word alert. <gasps> Are you ready? Yep. Terpsichorean. Terpsichorean? Terpsichorean. <laughs> um, what is that? Adjective. Of or relating to dancing. Huh. No wonder I don't know what that word is. All right. Next one. Diffidence. It's a word I use a lot, and I'm not sure I know the meaning of. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good word to use. <laughs> Is it uh, not bothered? No. Okay. Uh, it's a noun that means the quality or state of being unassertive or bashful. Shy. Well, unassertive or bashful. So shy. Well, I mean... I'm just telling you what, if you, that's how you want to interpret it, that's fine. But I think they would have said shy if they meant shy. I think they wanted to uh, use fancy I words. I think shy implies like you, you shy away from interaction. I think bashful implies that you are easily ashamed or embarrassed, which I think are separate but often related things. Okay. That makes sense. So bashful the dwarf was diffident, not shy. Yeah, that's why you the, the shy dwarf you never saw. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's all I have. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Nope. Our next episode will read. We'll we'll start where we left off with chapter interior, and we'll go all the way through chapter king. Uh, and we'll stop before we start reading the next chapter called Harding. So from interior to king. Okay. Uh, so if you'd like to read along next time, read those chapters and uh, tune in. And we'll have that episode next week. And maybe I'll so, have totally flipped my opinion on this book. I doubt it. <laughs> um, <laughs> A chip is inside the shoulder. It ain't going anywhere. So I think that brings us to the end of Death Readers. So uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at Real Death Reader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, you slash deathreaders. 